we're back with the Danger Room's 24 Days of Christmas. This year, we're doing one episode per affiliation, each with its own special guest. We made an effort this year to bring in some guests from all over the world. Sit back, listen, and Merry Christmas. Welcome, everybody, to another Christmas episode of The Danger Room. I am your host, Deaton, and with me today, I have Connor, aka Insidiously Mad, and we're going to talk about some web warriors. Connor, how are you doing today? Yeah, doing good. Excited to talk webs. I hear you like them a little bit, so... Yeah, I, I've played them a little more than every other fashion. <laughs> so why don't you, before we jump into the web-specific talk, why don't you introduce yourself, tell people who you are. Yeah, so I'm uh, Connor Rooney. I go by Insidiously Mad on the various uh, forums and Twitter and whatnot. And as someone liked to point out the other day, I've got a Malifaux name and a Guild Ball profile picture on the Marvel Discord, which <laughs> summarizes kind of my journey pretty well. I'm a Canadian, but I moved to the UK about 11 years ago, which uh, was the best thing I ever did from a uh, tabletop gaming standpoint, because there are a lot more games over here. And basically, I started playing 40k back when I was like nine years old, quit for a while, then got back into it in university. And then when I moved over to the UK, I ended up getting into Malifaux, and I played that competitively for quite a few years. Then was a competitive Guild Ball player, played in two Guild Ball WTCs, would have been three if the last one wasn't cancelled. And then... COVID happened and I'd literally played a tournament of Guild Ball like a few weeks before COVID and I played a game of Guild Ball the day they announced the COVID whole thing in the UK. And then basically during the course of COVID, Guild Ball died. The company stopped supporting it and there was not much. I wasn't a big fan of the online vassal leagues. Uh, I know some people got into those, but it wasn't for me. And so I was looking for a new game and ended up playing Infinity for a while and then playing a bit of Bushido. But as we started coming out of lockdown, I was living in London still at the time. And London is very lucky to have two of the best pillars for the MCP community in Dr. Norbert and Pat Dunford. And those guys ran such a good both tournament scene and weekly game scene that it basically beat out all the other systems sheer based on largely the community and how easy it was to get games in. Uh, so I finally caved and got a demo from my friend James and immediately fell in love with the game. I'm not the hugest Marvel fan. I always liked the X-Men and Spider-Man, but I'm not a big, I was never a comic book reader, but the game mechanics just immediately hooked me. And the other fun fact, for especially for the Danger Room, is one of the defining reasons I picked up Web Warriors was I watched a Chewy versus Matt Alex stream, and Chewy was moaning <laughs> about Web Warriors the whole time, and I was, and I just thought to myself, I want to make my opponents feel like this. Uh, perfect. That is incredible. <laughs> I remember that well. So, uh, big fan. Uh, Chewy might not be, yeah. but it's fine. <laughs> Um, no, yeah, that's great. So uh, you started with webs. So let's talk. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of different versions. So what do, how are you approaching webs today? What's sort of, your, you know, your, let's say general idea more than specific list, but what, what does it look like when you sit down to build a webs roster today? Yeah, so for me, there's kind of ever since I got a decent handle of the game, and realistically, before I ever even started playing the game, I would argue there's kind of a big three 
for webs, and the role of one of those changed a lot in the errata, and I thought it might knock them to not an every game piece, and more of a tech piece, but I was wrong. And that is Gwen, Miles, and Black Cat. They are the heart of web warriors, alongside a couple tactics scars we'll talk about. And basically, I would argue the best trio of affiliated threes in the game. I can't think of who the competition would even be. They are unbelievably strong, Uh, and they are all... So interestingly, the Black Cat changes made her kind of fit more with Gwen and Miles as just three characters that, outside of damage output, can do everything. They get X, Miles and Black Cat steal. Yep. They Miles and Gwen displace. They're all fast and mobile. Miles and Black Cat are tanky. And kind of, there's a lot of different theories of web warriors and different ways people play webs. But pretty much everyone plays these three models pretty much every game. Yep. It's not quite as true as it used to be because there are a lot more models now. But I would say these three are basically the core of the faction. Uh, I would agree with that. So I've, I mean, I've played, obviously I've played a lot of Web Warriors uh, myself and I, I found uh, very similar things. So yeah, so I've, I've got my stat sheet cause I track all my games. So fun, just a fun stat thing. I've played 121 web games so far. Okay. I've played Gwen in 116 of them. So all but <laughs> five. I've played Miles in 102, which is 84%. And then I've played Black Cat in 83, which is down at 68.6%. So by far the lowest of the three, but I think a lot of that was from my earlier games where I was a bit less of a fan until I got better at the game and realized she was insane. (laughs) That's fair. So as you talk about sort of those core three, I think a lot of people would sort of ask about a couple of characters. So like ASM, Spider-Woman... Are those, do you think those two are sort of locks for any Web Warrior roster? Do you think, like, how do those, how do they fit in? Yeah, so I don't think any other model is a lock for a Web Warriors roster. Okay. I think there are a lot of models that are a lock for most rosters, but as Aaron has shown, Amazing Spider-Man isn't necessary. Uh, Moon Knight is another model I've played a lot of originally, who I don't play much anymore, but is still very good. I think Spider-Woman is again very good but if someone's running rhino instead of spider woman i'm not gonna look at them like a madman for me the like if anyone had a webs list that didn't include one of those three characters i would look at them like they were crazy but anyone (laughs) past that i think is a bit more up for debate what i will say is if you look at my personal stats it is a big four not a big three so there is a massive drop off after amazing spider-man in my play rate and Amazing Spider-Man is much closer to Black Cat than than anyone is to Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. I think I've got... He's my fourth most played character, and I he has double the games of my fifth most played. Oh, yeah. So, wow. okay. Yeah, so I've played him in 59% of my Web Warriors games, which I think is higher than most people. I was playing him a lot before the errata, although he was... Like, I would pretty much only play him with Pryo, or if it was a D-shape, but that, or if I got Paranoia as my extract. But that was still enough that I was playing him most of the time. Right. But he used to be quite close with Moon Knight, and then over the last six months, I found with how killy the game is becoming, 
I'm playing Amazing Spider-Man more and more, and I've been playing Moon Knight less. So he's actually close to getting caught by Spider-Woman in terms of total games, even though Spider-Woman's not been out that long. Yep, okay, fair enough. As you then start to look beyond those, let's say, four or five characters um, that we're talking about, so we'll say Gwen, Miles, Cat, ASM, Spider-Woman, as you start to look beyond those characters, what, where do we go from there in building a webs list? So I think you need at least one more three threat. Okay. I think webs sit at the, you need, in my opinion, between four and six three threats in the list. I think any more than six is getting excessive and any less than four, I think restricts you too much. Now, who that three threat is something I am personally still very much debating. I was running Moon Knight in all my lists for a very long time. I think I only took him out after the recent errata, but I was debating taking him out just before that. I think there's a couple splashes. I've played a lot of Lizard. I actually have some things I want to say about Lizard because I think I think there's very specific synergy in webs people don't talk about enough. Zemo is another one, which people are picking up a lot lately, and I've run a bit of. And then, obviously, the new hotness is Spectacular Spider-Man, who would be an absolute lock no-brainer for this spot for me if his name wasn't Peter Parker. Okay. And even with the alias conflict and the pla- the fact that I play a lot of ASM, he is still absolutely a lock for my solo-affiliated list. And I've got a Fender's list I'm also playing, and he doesn't really fit in that one, especially since they decided to make him the only Peter that isn't a defender, <laughs> which, oh, I was so bummed. But basically, he he is also like a very much consideration. Uh, I've just not played him as much yet, because I was in WTC prep mode, and okay. basically as soon as they announced that the core box wouldn't be legal for WTC. I just immediately stopped looking at it. <laughs> yep. So I've only got three games with him so far, but he's been very good in all three. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, he is an every game piece for me. So as you talk about using, you know, ASM, he's not even in my list. I just play the wide more Aaron style is what I've been playing lately. And spectacular has been insane. Yeah. And I think that's a really interesting point in list design that we'll probably get onto in terms of the five versus six wide talking at like 16, 17 or the six V seven wide at 1920. And I, have some thoughts in that I think you should be able to play both. But yeah, those are kind of the four threes I'm looking at for my webs list at the moment. Now, there is one other three threat that I have been playing a lot, which is Luke Cage. I don't actually play him in webs all that often, but I have been running a dual affiliated web vendors list since WTC, or sorry, since uh, the errata for WTC. And there are occasionally point levels I need to play webs and have four threes, so he will end up on the board. And he's good. He's not like, he wouldn't be in my list if he was, if I was playing pure webs. I think he's a bit immobile. Yep. But having a defensive piece that can protect your guys on, when you get stuck on an E-shape is quite good. But yeah, basically once you've got your fourth slash fifth three threat, I think the roster is basically you need a two threat i am very much a on the two threat chain and 
if you look at my like my breakdown of characters I've played, it's basically all affiliated web warriors in my top ten, except for Wong and Toad. <laughs> yeah. um, and them and Wong and Toad combined would be my fifth most played model after Amazing Spider-Man. But obviously, I play. I started the game using Black Widow because I only had the core box and some webs, and then I switched over to Toad because that's what everyone suggested. And I played a lot of Toad. And then I played a ton of Wong because Wong and Amazing Spider-Man are basically best friends because Toad is not as necessary for the safe grab if you're playing ASM and Wong giving ASM a power turn two after he grabs and retreats helps him a lot. And I've been finding with the speeding up of scoring in this game with stuff like Spirit of Wakanda and Hellfire and... The strength of Kingpin, having the Wong R and D plays has been like very important in the crises v- crises matchups. Okay, but funny enough, I actually added him into the roster originally to deal with release Malekith because Wong could basically. I actually used Vision for this the very first time, and then realized Wong could do it for two threat cheaper, which is just the first activation of the game. You double meditate and put Spider Tracker online for three models which really helped alleviate the turn one pressure Malekith had. And I really like all the plays Wong brings in terms of your turn one, because I think the big difference between Web Warriors and a lot of the other Crises teams is Webs have a worse turn one, but get stronger the by like turns three and four than a lot of those other teams. So anything that helps out the turn mm-hmm. one, I think, has a lot of value. Which actually reminds me, what I was going to say about Lizard. So Lizard gets a lot of flack for not doing anything. And basically the attitude is, well, you just steal off him and then he does nothing. Yep. And I think that's right. But I think it what it misses is that webs are already winning by turn... Like, webs are winning an even fight from turn two and three. The key for playing webs is just not being down turn one. And what Lizard does is he is really good at grabbing Paranoia's turn one. And he is really good at grabbing Uh, Cube's turn one. And I was running two of those three extracts. And basically, if my opponent steals from Lizard mid-game and throws him away, I don't care because I have three steals. So I'll steal (laughs) it back. But what I don't want to do is have Gwen or miles sitting on the center line having taken one damage turn one right now i will say since the errata i've actually found black cat pretty safe doing that so i haven't been playing as much lizard but that's the reason i have liked him quite a bit and he is great at diving your opponent's f's as well and we play a lot of things that are good at that and i do a lot of diving f extracts in the crises team versus crises team matchups uh, because yep. <laughs> most of those teams can't punish someone like amazing spider-man or lizard very hard right okay so as we look at sort of i think we're we can talk about two different lists right so there's the pure webs that we've mentioned a lot of characters for and there's the web defenders duel so what what are sort of the the selling points of each of those and sort of why would you like why would you pick to go pure webs or why would you pick to go web fenders what's the decision points there so i think the they both kind of start with the same thought which is that webs are the best d-shaped team and webs are not great when you have to fight down the middle 
And basically, I think you can manage that in a solo webs roster. You just have to bring pieces to deal with it and have a plan. But basically, the game, pl- the core pieces in both the lists for me are Gwen Miles, Black Cat, Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, and Wong. I have those six models in both lists. And basically, that to me... Just with just those six models, you're basically already the best D-shaped team in the game, arguably. I think the Kingpin Hellfire matchups are really interesting and come down to the exact crises flip and the exact lists. They're pretty even, depending. But I think those six models I found I was playing in the vast majority of my webs games. And then models that were coming in like Lizard were helpful, but they're making you better at what you're already okay. good on. So the initial idea with the defenders was I can bring a I can bring an elite fighting list to go with an elite scoring list, which is not an original concept. I mean, you saw you've seen the Black Order before. You've seen there was some Shadowland Daredevil stuff before trying. I tried that for a bit but couldn't make the list work. At okay. WTC, you also saw people doing the same thing with Midnight Suns. Um, I think you've seen some people doing it with Guardians. I I think the concept there is basically the same. But what's good about the Defenders list is there's very little you have to give up from the webs. So Defenders bring no tactics cards. Daredevil is an affiliated Web Warrior. Wong is already a key piece for Web Warriors. And Hulk was already in my Web Warriors list just to deal with Research Station. Although he is not in my current pure web warriors list, but at the time we were in a very Malekith heavy meta, and I really liked Hulk for that. Okay. So when we were going into WTC after the Errata, I basically realized all I had to do with the dual affiliation was drop Lizard and one of Agent Venom or Venom. I kept going back and forth on who was in the roster, and drop them for Daredevil and Wolverine, and then I eventually ended up dropping Luke Cage or dropping Moon Knight for Luke Cage. Okay. And those were kind of the changes I made. Now, so the upside is I think uh, I think Daredevil Defenders are one of the best E-shaped teams in the game on Gamma and Researcher and Fisk. They are not a great Demons team, but I also don't think anyone is a great Demons team unless you're playing Guardians, and otherwise you probably shouldn't be playing Demons. And basically for WTC, my plan was just I don't play against Guardians. I think this list can beat anyone else. Okay. Since then, I've been playing pure defenders to try to get a better feel for the list. And funny enough, I think in two tournaments, I've played three models once each that weren't in the dual affiliation already. Yep. So I feel my decision making for that roster was actually pretty damn solid. And looking back at my WTC list, I think the 10 models are still correct for the dual affiliation. Yeah, okay. And just because I haven't mentioned the four defenders in a row, it's Daredevil, Hulk, Luke Cage, and Wong. Oh, and Wolverine. And OG Wolverine getting eroded was the other big deal for that list alongside the Daredevil leadership. Yeah, so if we wanted to, so we kind of had the web fenders, we're going to, instead of trying to solve it, we're going to add in this elite fighting force. If we wanted to just solve it with webs, what do we do? Yeah, so I think there's a few different solutions here. What I was doing for a long time was just playing Hulk and doing Miles, Gwen, Black Cat, Hulk as my 15 threat answer to big guys. 
I think the CGR and Guardians being the main thing, Hulk is not as good. So I think what a lot of people are doing now, including myself, is just playing wider. Because if you're worried about CGR, he kind of just kills everything. So playing as many three threats that are decently tanky and decently punchy is quite a good way to do it. So my current pure Web Warriors list, I've got the same the same core of Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, Miles, Black Cat, Ghost Spider, Wong. But I've also got Spectacular Spider-Man, Beta Ray Bill, Baron Zemo, and Toad. And the plan is basically you play, you potentially play Bill, but you can also just play the three threats and it depends on the points. But on something like Demons, I would play Bill and then I would play as many threes and twos as I can. And okay. Bill gives you both a safe grab with eyes and the much-needed incinerate immune model. And he's just an absolute counterpick to most things in the game. I just listened to one of the recent Christmas episodes where you get where DeLuca referred to it as the 20, 24 days of Bill. Um, yeah, and uh, yeah. <laughs> and I've, I've never <laughs> yep. actually played Bill in webs, but I just finished a Better Ray Peter conversion. And so I've got a... Peter Parker, like a core box Parker I've kit-bashed into a Beta Ray Bill. So I'm very excited to get him on the table. And I think okay. either Bill or Dynamo can go in that slot, and I'm back and forth on who it is. But I think like a four threat that's good in like a bit of a fight. And then you just play all your threes. And I've got Zemo in there as well, because he's just both an excellent three-threat brawler, but also great on D-shapes and gets great use of Miles' leadership, and he also helps make the rest of the team even tankier and punchier. So the plan there is basically you've got, like, two safe grabs with Bill and Cat and the Spider, and then you've got Toad as, like, a semi-safe grab. So you can actually grab, because I'm playing Paranoia, so having three safe-ish Paranoia grabs, so you can basically threaten to grab any of the four and then just play quite defensively and try to win on your extracts. Okay. Yeah, no, that sounds like what I would be doing. So uh, I've played a lot of Zemo lately. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was doing. Yeah, that's what I was doing before the errata was basically just playing webs and breaking parity with Black Cat running in and sealing and running back, um, which obviously she can't do anymore. So I went, which is why I brought in the defenders. Yep. But, uh, and I think that was the correct choice for WTC, uh, but with Spectacular Spider-Man out now, Cat and the Spider is actually playable for the first time, in my opinion, and very good. Um, and I think between that and playing someone like Bill with Eyes and Toad, you can basically get enough extract safe enough um, that you can kind of play the longer game. And as I mentioned earlier, the longer the game goes without you dying, the more advantaged webs are because their power economy is such that turn one, they can't do very much. But once they get power, they explode. Yep, absolutely. So with with this, let's, let's focus on the webs parts of the list um, in either case and talk about, you know, the game plan play style. So obviously we've talked a lot, I think in the past, I think a lot of the, or early on, let's say not even in the past, early on, a lot of the conversation around webs was their secure game and they're going to beat you on secures. 
obviously they can still do that. They're still very good. Um, but there's also been this sort of extract focus that they've come into. So I've heard you say parody a lot. I've heard you say, you know, we're going to steal to break it. What does sort of your, your game plan look like um, from like a rhythm of the game standpoint? How are you trying to win? You know, um, what is that? The, the, the perfect web warrior game? What does that look like to you? Yeah, so I think the perfect web warrior game is basically comes down to if you've got prio and if you've got last activation. So with prio, you are trying to go up on extracts, and without prio, you're generally trying to go up on secures turn one, or at least deny your opponent a secure with your last activation. And then basically from that point, depending on how turn one ends, because I think turn one is often over talked about, but I think where Webb's strength lies in is from turn two on, your goal of the game is to win the game on extracts. Webs have a lot of control, but they also don't necessarily want to be standing on points for very long, especially when you're not on your own secures. So I will... One of the things I would suggest to people is if you end up on something like a Gamma or a Demon, just don't plan on scoring that center. If it happens at some point in the game, cool, but do not plan on that being part of your game plan. And instead, look at where you can position to threaten your opponent's extracts with your steals and then retreat to your home Gamma or Demon. And I think in terms of the tempo of the game, I will often take risks, and I know this is something Aaron does as well, there's a lot of discussion about going near the center line being scary and needing safe grabs. And I think one of the things about playing webs is I think you actually have to take some of those risks. Um, not so much into, if you're playing into Thanos CGR, it's a whole different thing. But into most lists, I think hanging out, hanging Miles or Daredevil on a side hammer or diving one of your opponents spider infected with Amazing Spider-Man is a correct decision because you don't want to go down too much on extracts early. And a lot of the time, if you're playing into another crisis team, they can't necessarily punish it if you play correctly and have tech like fallback and mission objective. And even if a three threat gets dazed, as long as you keep a hold of the extract, it's often worth it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I think that sounds good. I, I think they're one of the few teams that can actually do the sort of natural i'm gonna go up on extracts or i'm gonna win secures they can do that really really well in either case right they mm -hmm. can get that extract advantage they can get that secure um, they can play the secure game so well that they're in my mind one of the few teams that like is kind of crazy at doing both when you look yes. at like a criminal syndicate right they can play the secure game really well but their extract game, turn one especially, is not the same, right? Um, same thing when you look start looking at like your Hellfires and things like that. And I think that's the, one of the unique things about webs is they're just so strong regardless of what position they get put in. They've got yeah. the tools. So, and one thing I would like to mention because I think we're getting a lot of a lot of more F extract teams in the game to the point that I think I've dropped cubes from my most recent list. But one of the nice things we can do, and Jim did this in one of his TTS League games, uh, which is why I'm saying it, because I no one had actually done it on a stream before, and I was getting away with it still all the time, <laughs> which is a lot of the time your opponent won't be scared of diving your FX tracks if you're playing like a not very punchy webs team. 
but what you can do is you just set up spider woman across from one and miles across from the other and if they just dive it with say a better ray bill you just play no matter the cost turn one and just steal it back and yeah you take a punch of damage for it but wong can yep. heal you or wong could have given you power with r d and then you take a bit less and i don't funny enough i don't think i've ever done this to a model that isn't bill um <laughs> But I've done it to so many Bills, because Bill will just <laughs> often, if I've got Pryo and we get like an F extract into Guardians because I want to dodge Research Station, often Bill will dive one of mine, and being able to punish that is really important. And we can't really punish it by threatening to kill him unless you're bringing some specific models for that. But you can just take it back, and if Bill wants to hang around and try to kill a two or three right. health Miles... On the next turn, I'm kind of okay with that, because then he moves away medium, fine. And then there's a very good chance he won't get him with a 5-die builder into Miles' defenses, or Spider-Woman's defenses in martial art range. Right. Yeah, no, I think that's super... Um, I've done that, right? Like, I've done the, I'm just going to try and shoot you, and it just doesn't work. Yeah. Um, but the dropping of cubes leads me into... Um, the next sort of question. So we've talked sort of about play style in general. So as we talk about that, what, what crises are we looking to run? So there, for me, there's kind of four, but you could argue five secures and a few more extracts to consider. So do secures first, cause it's the easiest. I was for a long time when I started playing, I was running all three D crises and then over time, yep. I ended up moving to playing Riots, Scoundrels, and Infinity Formula, which is what I ran for WTC. But the changes to Black Cat and the changes to Amazing Spider-Man have really made Infinity feel less pa good for me. And there are so many good B-shaped teams in the, games, in the game now, I've actually dropped that and gone back to Cosmic Invasion. So I'm running Cosmic Invasion, Riot Spark, and Scoundrels, and I'm running that for both lists. Okay. And why... I mean, obviously the, the shapes, the D-shape um, is big. Some people would say... I don't know if they're right, but like, uh, what have you considered... Like Spider Portals... How does that fit into your thought process? Do you just hate it too much? Um, you Every know. time I play Spider Portals, I somehow get screwed over. <laughs> like, my, my my last game in the TTS League, I lost to CGR Thanos uh, Guardians on it, and Miles blanked it and got sculled on turn one, and that and then immediately, it was in, immediately out of the list again. I'm like, I just can't deal with it. Uh, I like Peta Flips in general, and if it didn't have the skull placement, I would probably be playing it. But I really don't like the skull displacement. It can just absolutely hose you into attrition teams by just putting you into threat ranges you would normally be out of. I used to be worried about X-Men on it, but I think Amazing Spider-Man is so good on Peta Flips now that I actually do quite like them. But I still kind of feel they're not my favorite. I do think webs are good on a lot of secures, and I think choosing the extracts is much harder. But I'd be happy. Like, Spider Portals and Infinity, I think, are still very strong. And I think they're very strong on Mutant Madmen as well. But what I will say is Scoundrels is probably my favorite secure, yep. because it 
20 points is great for webs. We have so many good models that we don't care about having to play four affiliated models. And the cover is awesome with our already tanky three threats. And Gwen can basically get to, if you put her in the middle and R&D her a power or Wong her a power, she can get to any of the five and pull someone off on turn one. And often I will play Gwen that aggressively on Scoundrels, because the game is fast enough that if I lose Gwen early, but she's swung three or four VP, I'm fine. I wouldn't do that on something like Demons, where you can't afford to lose her early. But in a fast game like Scoundrels, I tend I can be more aggressive. And like if it's a two-point swing, often I'll take that. Right. Yeah. Nope, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I have found that Scoundrels, obviously I still really enjoy it. I think a lot of teams with their increasing action economy are becoming much better at dealing with some of the web warrior stuff. Um, I still think the webs are best at it, but what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I totally agree. I remember there's a long time where everyone was talking about don't bring scoundrels because Kingpin's too good on scoundrels. And I think what you're seeing now is actually loads of teams are playing scoundrels and there are tons of teams that are good on scoundrels. There are so many more things that ignore cover. There's so much action compression. There's so much displacement. But for me, I just feel most comfortable in a fast-scoring game. I would much rather be playing a game that ends turn three than a game that ends turn five. Even if I know this is something that Aaron and I have discussed and he vehemently disagrees with. he And it's why he dis- doesn't run the FX tracks for webs as well. Yep. He doesn't like the pace of the game being too helter-skelter. Whereas I am all gas, no breaks. <laughs> uh, fair enough, yeah. No, I, I tend to lean towards you as well. Because I think, um, especially with how efficient some of the murder models have gotten, it can be very difficult to... Um, to sort of ride that out as long as you needed to. Um, But I think one of the very cool things about Web Warriors is how dynamic they are. We've talked about a lot of different things um, in terms of play style and stuff like that. So I, yeah, there's, there's a lot you can do here. Um, So we still need to talk about tactics cards, but before that, now that, and, and we still need to talk about extracts, but you know, a lot of people base sort of their, I'll say their plans on their secures um, in this game. And I think that's fair uh, way to start, but you have two leaders um, in your list. And so I think secures have been one of the primary thing that drives what one you're going to be doing. Um, so how do you decide between Peter and Miles? Um, is it based on your secures? So it's based on a couple things. It's pretty, predominantly based on secures and what my opponent's faction is. So I play a lot of Miles and Amazing Spider-Man together. In the majority of my games, I've got both of them, and I will often decide after deployment which leadership I'm going to play, and I will often go into the matchup not deciding that. But basically, the shorthand is if you're on a D-shape against a faction that does not have easy condition removal... I play Amazing Spider-Man leadership. And if it's against a team like Asgard, I typically won't because taxing me one power a turn and taxing them one power a turn is a terrible trade for Web Warriors. I have... I, I, I will usually not play ASM leadership versus Guardians for the same reason, and I will definitely not play it versus Winterguard. I am undecided about the new Doc Ock 
because that one interacts a bit differently. And I think slowing someone and then double moving away is still quite good. Uh, yeah. But on a larger basis, it's about the slow. It's basically for me is giving my opponent slow going to win me this game. I don't really consider the displacement very significantly in my decision making, but basically it mostly comes down to like how strong is slow. And on D-shapes, slow is very strong unless it's against, say, Rhino or Juggernaut. So, for example, at WTC, I played on my secures every round because even when I didn't win Pryo, my opponents had the same secures as me because of the matchup process. And I ended up playing Amazing Spider-Man leadership in four of five games. And in the first game, the only one I didn't play it, I was actually planning on playing it. But then when my opponent revealed their roster, four of their five models had a slow move. (laughs) So it felt a little pointless. And in hindsight, I think I actually probably still should have played it, but just for the displacement. But it's not as strong for that. What I will say is there's a lot of anti-push tech in the game, and there are a lot of very specific models that are very good into webs, especially Juggernaut. And I do think spending two power to displace Juggernaut is worth it, but it is not worth it for the majority of models. Yeah, and I think the there's nothing that gets around a leadership place. I don't think Um, there is very few things. There's very few things. Uh, Imbaku leadership is the one because I almost lost the game due to that. (laughs) Thankfully, they failed the roll because I did not realize that worked. But yeah, I would say the only other. The the other big thing, and this is more recently for me, is base is do you how wide do you want to go is the other big decision. So when looking at your leaders, you've got a five threat and a three threat. And if I'm playing Amazing Spider-Man on a D shape, I'm probably playing his leadership. But I do think there are matchups where you are better playing the new Peter Parker and going six wide instead of five wide, so you're guaranteed the last activation. And I am undecided currently when that is and i think that is where what i'm currently trying to figure out is when is amazing spider-man's slow leadership better than being one wider and i think the answer is probably it depends on how many size fours they're running and how many long movers they're running because i think into like sam into sam wilson i much prefer amazing spider-man leadership to being wider but into Kingpin, I'm finding that being wider is often better because the slow doesn't help that much. And the whole thing is just going last with Gwen. And with New Peter's a big difference here too, because he can displace most of the criminals. Yeah. So I think a lot of the time it just comes down to your opponent's roster. What I will say is if you're on something that isn't a spread out secure, I basically never run Amazing Spider-Man leadership. Okay. And what would you consider spread out? Is it map B and D or something yeah, else? So, yeah, map B and D and scoundrels I would also consider. But scoundrels, I would say a majority of the time will play Miles. But into someone like Kingpin or another scoring team, I just don't think enough damage will happen for the rerolls to matter. So at that point, any amount of displacement is worth it. Even if I only get one placement that game, it could win me the game. So if I'm on Scoundrels versus Kingpin, I'll usually play Amazing Spider-Man leadership as well. And 
and I would add, you know, for, for anyone listening, um, one of the other decision points, if you're not running the defender list, can be how much offense do you need? So things like your Zemo, your Black Panther, um, where a lot of your offense is going to come from your rerolls, that might be a consideration. If you decide you need to be fighting things um, and you don't have a different affiliation in there, uh, that can be one of those trigger points too. So uh, Yeah, and that's a good point because I have very few mods. I basically have not really played any models in most of my tournaments that take advantage of Miles' leadership uh, in terms of I haven't played... I've played a little bit of Zemo, but not a ton. A bit of Panther, but I've not been the biggest Panther player. And I think if you're mm-hmm. playing Zemo and Panther, uh, you're probably going to play a lot more Miles' leadership. Uh, and the other yep. thing I would say is when I'm on my extracts, especially when I was running double F, I would be much more likely to run Miles' leadership because then Amazing Spider-Man is so much tankier for diving F extracts. Yes, absolutely. Um, it's it's actually kind of crazy how much better it is. Yeah. So let's, let's segue that then into... Um, so we've got the the spread out stuff. We've got riots, cosmic invasion, and scoundrels. Um, what do you do for extracts? So I've got two extracts that I really really like, and then a bunch I'm always back and forth on for the third one. So my favorite extract okay. for webs is spider infected. I like seventeen. I like that you can only hold one. I like the F shape. I don't mind going down three to two turn one because we have so many steals but i'm also totally willing to dive against kingpin recently uh i actually dove both of his fx tracks and he didn't have enough fast models to do the same (laughs) so i went up three two even though he had prio and because it was kingpin playing a bunch of potatoes he just like he, he couldn't do enough damage for it to matter so that was really cool I, yeah, so the other thing is the push on Spider-Infected when both players remember to do it, which has got to be up there with hammers for, like, the most forgotten one, at least in my experience. <laughs> and basically, although a lot of people hate the RNG of it, it's generally to your advantage because there are very few web warriors that are that bothered by a short push compared to other factions where it can be absolutely crippling. In one of my WTC games, my opponent's MODOK failed his spider roll every turn and never made an attack that game. Yep. Yeah. So, like, if you're a if you're a short, and the nice thing is, it also punishes models that are good against Amazing Spider-Man leadership because it's especially punishing to large base models with a short move. Whereas if you're a small base model with a long move, it's a lot less of a problem, and even less so when you've got web swing. So I just, I think spider infected is our best crises quite noticeably ever since I started playing webs. It's been in there. My second crises I like, and it's an interesting one, is paranoia. So I like 16 a lot for webs. It lets you play Amazing Spider-Man 5 wide, or it lets you play a 4 and 4 threes, okay. or it lets you play 4 threes and 2 twos, which is also good fun. And my current roster can do any of those. And the thing I like about that is a lot of your biggest like opponents in terms of crises teams, like Kingpin and Hellfire, do not have as strong a 16 as you because they play more four threats. So keeping the threat value low is really good in the crises v. crises matchup. And the scoring of it is 
basically perfect for web warriors. It's super fast. I think it's probably the fastest extract in terms of how it actually scores, not how many okay. points are on the board. And webs are obscenely good at staying together efficiently because of web swing, and they're obscenely good at displacing opponents to deny them the bonus VP. So basically, I think we're the best team in the game on this scenario from turn two onwards. And the only problem with it is the shape. And webs do not have a ton of safe grabs compared to, say, X-Men or some of the other teams that play multiple eyes models that can at least threaten a few spots. Okay. But what you can do is put ASM in the middle, and he can grab either of the two in the middle, so you're guaranteed one safe grab. And that's what I was usually doing. For a long time, my, my paranoia list was ASM, Gwen, Black Cat, Lizard, and Wong. This was before the errata, because Black Cat could set up where you give her two power with Wong, and then either she gets to hop, move, grab the thing, and move back, or double move steal. So it was pretty much impossible, except against X-Men, to get away. Since the errata, obviously, yep. she can't do that. But with new Peter coming out, I actually think there's a good argument for running, say, Bill and four threes, and then you have Cat and the Spider and Eyes for two safe grabs. And basically, after turn one, if you can get through turn one on parity even, like, webs are just the best team at this crisis. Uh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, so my list is my my list has been like tweaked to be especially before the errata. My list was obscenely good on paranoia, and I haven't quite found what I want to be playing on it since. But I still think, as long as you can make your turn one good enough, this is just an incredible crisis for webs. Okay, so we've got two things that are like you've sold me. Now, what's the third? So I've been running cubes a lot so before the crises change i was running cubes and legacy virus alongside spider infected i've been running cubes most of this year as well and i don't really like cubes but i keep running it because i still kind of feel it's the best of bad options or i should say the best of not great options so the good things about cubes the power game's incredible for webs again i've already discussed why i like f shapes which is great, uh, and those and seventeen is great, especially when you can run two seventeens. So you <laughs> usually can play seventeen. And at one okay. point, when I was running cubes, infected paranoia, it meant if I lost prio, I could always play at seventeen or less, which felt really good into teams that had really strong nineteens on, say, intrusions and demons. And basically, the downsides of cubes is the chip damage really hurts webs, because we have good defense dice and bad health. And the other thing is it being stackable isn't perfect. It's not terrible for us compared to some teams, because we have double Venom Blast. But it does lead to some things like characters that can grab multiple cubes turn one are really annoying for that. Like X-Men, X-23, and Gold used to be able to do that but thankfully can't anymore. But there are a lot of ways you can grab multiple cubes, and then you can't go up 3-2 if you don't have prio. So I'm still on the fence on it. I'm pretty comfortable on it. I think if your roster is playing some healing factor characters like Lizard, I think it's still a totally fine extract. But I haven't been playing Lizard lately, which makes me like cubes a bit less. 
so the other alternatives I'm currently testing are scrolls, hammers, and senators. Scrolls was what I thought was going to be the third one when the crises right. changed because it looked perfect. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the more I played it, the less I liked it. So I love 20. But I basically hate everything else about this crisis. So it scores much slower than the other ones. It doesn't look like it would, but it does because you can only ever hold one. Okay. And it displaces at not a great time because when you pick it up, if you fail the displacement, it's kind of like an even worse thing than spider portals. Yep. And the big problem I was having is, as a Web Warrior player, my only true safe grab was Amazing Spider-Man. And I had models I felt fine hanging on a side hammer, like Lizard or Toad, that I didn't feel fine putting on a side scroll because of the push. So I think there are rosters that you can run this, especially if you're playing Bill, because that kind of solves the you need to safe grab both. But I still don't think it fixes it because the crisis is still a bit slow for me. And there are teams that can grab your home scroll in a way that they can't for uh, other things. And a lot more teams can do that than okay. can grab your home Fs in retreat or grab and like almost no one can grab right. your home hammer in retreat. So I think it's a pretty neutral crisis, but I just don't really love the effect of it. And I prefer to keep faster scoring. So Hammers is the other one. It has basically... I like 20 more than 18. And I like that scrolls can't be stacked. But I much prefer the shape of Hammers. Because your home one is pretty much always safe. Unless your opponent's running some crazy combo or you just are not paying attention right okay and activate too late to grab it and then the side hammers i feel much safer having like a toad grab from range two or lizard grab and cover or daredevil grab on top of a building where i would not feel safe doing that with scrolls so hammers is one that i'm kind of defaulting towards at the moment the problem with it of course is there are some models that take some pretty gross advantage of hammers but with the Bucky nerf, there's nothing as oppressive. There's still good models that are good with hammers. It, it's I don't hate it. I don't. I would rather that effect was not there for me, but I don't hate it. The final one is Senators, and this one I hated until Deception got restricted. But and I think I don't know about you, but I have not actually seen as much of a drop off in deception as people have been saying. I've played against it in three of my last seven tournament games, and none of those were Brotherhood. Uh, I haven't played it. I don't think I've played it in like six months. Wow. Yeah. So it's still very common here. I know Pat was running it in his Cabal. I've played a Midnight Suns player who's running it. And when my opponent right. has that, it's quite scary for Scoundrels. Outside of that, I think Scoundrels is pretty good for webs. What I dislike yep. about Senators. it is it feel... Oh, Senators, sorry. Yep. Nope, what yep. I dislike about it is it does feel very terrain dependent. If there's a bunch of terrain in the middle of the board, it's incredible. And if it's a shooting gallery, it's terrible. And it's just a bit swingy for me <laughs> to be, like, reliant on who's setting up the terrain to be if I like the extract. What I will say is I like how fast it is. 
Uh, I like but yep. don't love 19. I prefer 17 or 20, but it's fine. And we are probably the best team on Senators after turn one, much like Paranoia. But I think it's easier to punish you turn one on Senators than yep. it is on Paranoia. And I think, but the main thing is, I think there are more good Senators teams than there are good Paranoia teams. And your opponent will make you dive their Senators to keep parity. And that feels fine until they've got Deception and some big hitter, and then you just get absolutely obliterated. But I am testing <laughs> it at the moment because it does let us go really wide. And one thing right. I'm quite interested in is I've been running this Defenders Dual Affiliation, and I have played a couple games with Electra, and I think bringing a Grunts character really helps out with the the deception problem with a lot of these extracts but i'm finding it very hard to fit one in the 10 so i'm not doing it currently but at the moment i'm just basically saying someone's just going to get deceptioned in i think when you play senators into deception you just have to accept you're getting deceptioned and grab one early with a model you're not as worried about getting deceptioned which is usually toad because he's further right. away and he's got slippery and so usually if I'm playing into Deception, I'll just grab one of my home ones with Toad. And if they Deception him in, fine. And if not, hopefully I can have set him up in a spot where he'll be within two for the next grab. And then again, the no matter the cost, steals to get your steals online earlier helps a lot if your opponent's diving yours and isn't playing Mystique Juggernaut Hulk stuff. What I will say is into that Mystique Juggernaut Hulk list, I think webs are pretty good because you... Because outside of Juggernaut, you can displace them all with spy with Gwen. So I just generally let Juggernaut do whatever he wants in the matchup and focus on getting the Senator off Hulk or who else yeah. is Dilvin yours. Yeah, I think out of those, I so I'm a Senator person. Um, we I think we've talked about this, and uh, it's I, you're right. There's a lot of there's a lot I think of scariness. I think that when you know you can sort of push that upper bound even on like demons for example, to nine points a turn. It's just, there's so many points and it helps if you're running, like I run wider. So that certainly helps um, in that specific game plan. So I think it's, uh, I think that's been the webs problem forever. And I think that, I don't think this is necessarily exclusive to webs. Lots of teams can find two and then they can't find the third thing. <laughs> and uh, so, so nothing unique, but. Yeah, it does make me wonder if we have too many secures in a way, because I think it's quite cool that, for extracts, no one seems to really be happy with all three, um, which is not true for secures. But yeah, it, it is, and it is one of the reasons I am very much looking at that final three slot and who I want in it. Because again, Zemo's really good on Senators in that he can move with it quite efficiently. But Lizard is so good for being the, the model that you dive into your opponent's Senators. So I'm still very back and forth on those two. I just play Aaron style and dive Zemo and he just survives. So <laughs> Yeah, <sorry. laughs> what what are you running on Senators? Are you running the double twos and going seven wide? Because I've done that a couple of times and it is a lot of fun. No, I played it yesterday on Demons and I ran um Miles, Cat, uh, Spectacular, Zemo, and Moon Knight and Invincible Iron Man. Ooh, is my crazy is my my thing right now um and yeah. i tabled hydra in four rounds yeah so. we should probably talk about stark armory at some point when we 
tactics cards because I've not run it, but I actually played my defenders into a new Web Warriors player running the original Iron Man with Stark Armory, and I just got blown to pieces. And I was like, oh, wow, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about those. So let's move into tactics cards. So I think we've got some uh, good choices, you know, um, extract wise. And um, but let's talk about tactics cards. So what what sort of are the required tactics cards? And then what are the ones you really like, but you have some wiggle room on? Okay, so for me, the required tactics cards are advanced R&D, brace for impact, all webbed up, spider tracker, Aunt May's wheat cakes, mission objective, fallback. And no matter the cost, which is a lot. Yep. So there is very little wiggle room in this list. Now, some people might question Aunt May's wheat cakes, especially if you're not running cubes. But I like to remind those people that Pyro is a model that exists in this game. And until Pyro no longer exists in this game, I will not be dropping that card because that has won me so many games against that bastard. <laughs> and it's great in the mirror. Um, I used it yesterday. It's Yeah, it's amazing in the mirror. Uh, and there's a lot of webs players in the UK, so having that card for the mirror is a big deal. No matter the cost, I've talked about, I think this card is incredible. I originally put it in the list, like a lot of people, for staggering big guys with Black Cat turn one. I still use it for that, but now it is also great into crises teams, if especially on FX tracks. Uh, but a lot of the time, this will just be my fifth card if I don't know what I'm running. I should say, though, I kind of have a standard five cards, and no matter the cost is not in it, which is Advanced R&D, Brace for Impact, All Webbed Up, Spider Tracker, and Fallback. Yep. And if I don't know what to run, I'll probably play those five cards. Now, there are times where you don't need Brace. There are teams that get around Spider Tracker. Okay. There are times I don't have a good Advanced R&D bot, so I won't run it. The only card I play every single game is all webbed up. Okay. I've been seeing webs players not playing it lately, and I don't understand. I like I literally don't understand. Why? Why are you doing this? You're now just worse kingpin. Uh yep. <laughs> like, this is the card that makes web warriors different from Hellfire and Kingpin, and not a bunch of potatoes. And I have seen people not playing it and then need to shift to attrition, and they can't. And this is basically the much more than the leadership, which we've like briefly discussed the leaderships. We didn't even really touch on Miles's, but everyone knows it. But the leaderships to me do not define webs. This card and the core of really strong three threats are what defines webs. Right. And without all webbed up, you are basically a pillow-fisted control faction that is pretty tanky. And with all webbed up, you basically get one turn where you kill everything and get all the power and then can do all your effects and possibly score out that turn. I think this is one of the best team tactics cards in the game. There's so many uses for it. Okay. I've used it just for the slow. I've used it to daze just one model. I've had a turn where Agent Venom played it and or someone played it and Agent Venom double beamed and dazed four models. Like, this card's just incredible. Play it every game. The only time I would consider not playing it is into Guardians because of Crew of the Milano. But I still play it into Guardians because getting that one key daze is still worth the card, I find. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so getting Miles up to a eight dice kick to get him power to do his spender for nine dice, for me, that's worth a card just for that. 
let alone all the higher upsides it has in most matchups. Are there any other specific cards of those you wanted to talk about? Um, I think they're all fairly standard, right? Like the 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 most not talked about one, I think, is probably wheat cakes. Um, and we talked about that a little bit. So um outside of those that set of cards, what do you think are you looking at to sort of finish off the tactics cards slots? So this is where I tend to look at character cards. So, for example, in my non-defenders list currently, I've got Bill, Zemo, and Spectacular Spider-Man in there who all have cards that are interesting. Okay. So Bill doesn't actually have a card, but Eyes on the Prize is a Bill (laughs) card. If Bill is in the list, I'm playing Eyes on the Prize. If I can't fit Eyes on the Prize, I probably won't have Bill in the list. I'd probably just play Dynamo. To me, that's kind of the tiebreaker. So Eyes is in my list. And then the 10th card, I was back and forth on until I played Cat and the Spider with Spectacular Spider-Man and Black Cat. Yep. And yeah, that card is incredible. I was really down on it for a long time. And I am still down on it in certain scenarios because I was playing two FX tracks and I think it is a very bad card with Pryo on FX tracks because I there in my experience there are pretty much no boards that both ways you can throw Black Cat to the center without terrain getting in the way if and your opponent should give you the side that doesn't let you do it now if you play on boards that are more open in the middle this might not be a problem but I remember before Spectacular came out, I decided to start, I think this was after you discussed it on a podcast, and I decided to count, and I played 15 games, and 13 of those it wouldn't have worked because of terrain. But where it is really good is on things like Paranoia and Hammers and Alien Ship and all the ones where there are multiple across the model because it is very rare that none of them will have a clear path. So either if you have Pryo on one of those, you just go for the one you can get. Or if you don't, what you can do is play Toad on one side or play Bill on one side and then play Cat and the Spider on the other because Terrain blocks a Bill grab and blocks a Cat and the Spider grab in a different way. So usually they actually go very well together. So Cat and the Spider is currently my 10th slot. Uh, If I wasn't running Bill and I wasn't playing Eyes, say I had Dynamo in there instead. There's quite a few interesting cards. I have been testing Go Get em Tiger for ASM. I don't think it's worth it in the webs list. The webs cards are too good and too reliable. I have been playing it in Defenders, and it is borderline in the 10 even for Defenders. I've had two games where it's done literally nothing, and two yep. games it's been incredible. And I just don't like variants in my tactics cards. I don't mind variants in my characters. I play Amazing Spider-Man yep. and Wolverine, and those have high variants. But when it comes to tactic cards, I want reliability. So one other card, when I was playing Hulk, I was playing Recalibration Matrix. Yep. Uh, I basically only played it when I ran Hulk. But that card really helps him out. One other card I'd like to talk about is Sacrifice. So okay. I am very back and forth on R&D and Sacrifice in the dual affiliation list because Sacrifice is so good for defenders and it has won me so many games, but it has such counter synergy with webs 
that I find it very hard to fit, but it is a very strong tactics card on right. those games where you have to bunch up. And it can also just function like a second mission objective versus like Voodoo or Spider Woman or Miles. And I think having like mission objective and sacrifice or just playing sacrifice instead of mission objective, if it's those models and not Rhino, is quite good. Um, but yeah, I think it's a uh, mission objective was actually out of my roster for most of this year. I just felt like webs didn't really need it because they had so many steals and I was in, and, but I have found that there are so many other steel teams in the meta now and Rhino is so common and mission objective is so obscenely good versus Rhino, uh, that it's back in my yep. 10 and I don't think I've played it in a matchup where my opponent didn't have Rhino. Uh, and I've played it loads because Rhino is right. everywhere. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think that's it's interesting because the webs. I do think a lot of the tactics cards pilot themselves. I will um, sort of say I told you so to everyone about the cat and the spider. Um, I was just wrong about it being good on other characters, but now it's good. So um, I, I think I've... yeah, it turns <laughs> out when you have it turns out when you have two when you have six threat yep. contributing to it instead of seven or eight. And the three threat that's contributing to it is like actually good at generating power. So it's not backbreaking for them to have zero power turn one. Right. It helps a lot. Yeah. And that's a good point, actually. Never play Cat and the Spider with Amazing Spider-Man. It is absolutely just a three-peat card. Yeah. yeah. But it is a very good one. And what I really like about it is when you play Eyes and you don't get to use Eyes turn one, it feels like a dead card. When you don't get to play Cat and the Spider turn one, it's actually still good. Like, yep. the plan is to play it turn one, but if, say, you play Eyes on one side and Cat and the Spider on the other, and you do the Eyes grab first, and they grab the one in front of Cat and the Spider, like, a free collision is still a good card. Yes, 100%. Cat not taking the damage and you burning a brace... And then Peter being able to, because it's out of activation, right? So it's like, there's just a lot of weird things that you can get use out of it, even in its not optimal spot. So, yeah. So the only other cards I really am considering is just like whoever your splash character is. So like when Luke Cage is in the dual affiliated list, I bring heroes for hire. Wolverine's in there. So I have exceptional healing. Yep. You've basically got two slots, one slot if you're a big cat and the spider fan. That can just kind of be, or two slots still with eyes, I guess. But basically, you've got a couple <laughs> slots to mess with just for characters you like. But I do find, right. like, fallback to me, I might take over Brace if they ever restrict fallback. Uh, yeah. That card is incredible in Web Warriors. I don't play it in every roster of every faction I play, but I will always consider it in every roster of every faction. And in Web Warriors specifically, it combos so well with stealth and with lifesaver and with, oh, yeah, absolutely. with like all sorts of your tech, mission objective if you're running it, heroes for hire if you're running it. It's just, it, that card just lets you do things. And it's one of the best skill expression cards in the game. And there's just like, so whenever I'm looking at something like Go Get Him Tiger, which I took in a game over fallback recently, it's like, okay, I can have an effect that if everything goes perfectly, might be as good as fallback is every game. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I, I play fallback a lot. Uh, not every game. Uh, sometimes you can't fit it 
uh, or like another card I didn't mention is Lethal Protector and uh, Cleanup. Uh, I was running Cleanup quite a lot for a while with Agent Venom um, because it's incredible in the mirror and it was incredible into Priorata Storm. Uh, after Storm got nerfed, I dropped Agent Venom from the 10. Okay. But if there was a meta where you wanted Agent Venom back, I think Cleanup is great. If there's a meta where you want Venom, I really like Lethal Protector. I know some people don't, but I will take a sacrifice on Venom to keep Gwen safe. Yep. I think the only other card some people talk about we haven't talked about is Double Agent. We, we don't need to waste our time. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. It sucks. Don't play it. That's all I'm going to say. Um. Yeah, I agree. So the one card, uh, I want to take a little detour and talk about a little bit about Stark Armory. In some of these lists, if you if you fit your Iron Man in here, which is one of the things I mentioned earlier, but you should play Stark Armory. Um, and the reason being, for anyone who hasn't listened, I think I've talked about this on previous episodes, but just a quick diatribe, is either in combination with or like also on the same turn or right around the all webbed up turn, you can play Stark Armory and you basically get two of these turns that Connor has talked about with, you know, you get that punch, right? Now you can do it twice. And as long as you play it before Iron Man, while he's on his healthy side, even if they daze him, you're still getting that. And so um, this, I went to an event yesterday and um, the one game that I put Iron Man on the table I actually use them at the same time. And so I Stark Armory and my, it's like, I need to go with Moon Knight. Um, I've got, you know, a lot of stuff in front of me. So I roll my Moon Knight dice and I get two extra dice. I then all webbed up. So my Moon Knight rolled 12 dice spender into seven dice rapid fire, seven dice rapid fire backed up by Zemo re-roll, Iron Man re-rolls. Cool. Um, he still didn't kill Bill, but... Stupid Bill. That's not the important part of the story here. Uh, because Bill is an unkillable menace. Um, but, you know, that was one activation. And I rolled 26 dice. I mean, that's a Helios laser. That's something analogous to a CGR spender. There's just a lot of things that this card will let you do. Um to increase that offensive output. So if you're going to play some of these styles, you're going to look for some of these answers that we've talked about. Um, that is certainly an option to help increase the punch of the web warriors. Um, but it's not in Connor's list, so we're not going to talk about it too much. So. Yeah, I will say I've, I did, I haven't bought the new core box, which is probably one of the main reasons I'm not playing it, but I did buy a three peat from one of the, <laughs> one of the companies that had broken up the box and I don't regret not buying the box, but I must say Invincible Iron Man after facing him in Hellfire this weekend is very annoying. Yeah. It turns out reduced to zero is annoying. Who'd have thought? Uh, yeah, it's um, pretty good. Ha- have you have you tried it with the original Iron Man at all, or have you only tried the Invincible so far? Uh, I've only tried Invincible so far, um, but the card, just looking at the card, it's so silly that... Yeah, that card should not have been... Like, there's been a lot of discussion of, like, what character is going to define the meta from the core box, and I think the answer is none, but what is going to define the meta is that card. <laughs> because, oh boy, is Stark Armory insane, uh, and yep. I can't believe they printed it. Uh, and you can play with Hulkbuster. So, um, <laughs> so one of the last things I want to talk about, or uh, the last, I think, major question, um, is 
you talked about how this the webs are basically what you've played um, and you started playing them and then you there was a switch like right like you didn't play a ton of cat at the beginning when you were quote unquote not as good at the game um and what so what is the learning curve like for a web warriors for this roster let's say but just in general what, what are your thoughts on picking up webs for someone who maybe hasn't played them before so this is really interesting because people talk about this a lot and I basically immediately started winning as soon as I started playing this game with Web Warriors. And like the learning curve was actually quite low, which is not what people say. But what I will say is I've come from multiple other competitive skirmish games where I played the keep away faction that slowed your opponent and had like a runaway plan. So okay. I was super comfortable not getting distracted by fighting, but also knowing when you had to fight. What I would say is if you've come from another game that's very objective-focused, and you played like a very objective-heavy list in that game, webs are a really good point to start in, because they have a very clear game plan. There's never really a matchup where okay. they're the beatdown. There are moments in a game where they're, a beat, they're the beatdown. But there's no game where you're like, oh, I can't keep up with this team on scoring and like running around. So because of that, you have a very clear game plan. Like you're great at D shapes. You run around on D shapes. That lets you get reps really quickly because you have such a clear game plan. What I will say is there are a lot of people who don't enjoy grabbing an objective and long moving back behind your deployment line. And if you don't like that kind of stuff, it might not be as easy to pick up because what you need to be careful of is not just pushing all your models forward in the table. And there's obviously a lot of like tactical acumen that comes with playing a fighting team, but I think it's a lot more straightforward for some people, especially if you've come from a game like Warhammer, where there isn't really this kind of gameplay at least when i still played it there wasn't okay so i would say if you were struggling with web warriors at first i would say the the main thing i can say is like think about the longevity of the game more than points per turn in terms of a lot of the time when i was starting i would double move gwen onto a point and web some web line someone off turn one and i would get a point and they wouldn't and then Gwen would die, and I would be without Gwen. And I actually had a game this weekend where that happened, where my opponent grabbed an extract with Gwen, and she failed the scroll roll and got pushed, <laughs> and it was a side scroll. And I just went completely out of my way, away from the center of the gamma, with my Hulk to daze Gwen turn one and KO her turn two. And so I think... The trickiest bit is knowing when to commit and when not to commit. But if you're a defensive player by nature yep. and you like kind of hanging back and waiting to see as the game comes to you and reacting, I think webs play a really strong reactive play style. And I think it can click with people there. Cool. Yeah. I, and I, I would echo that. And I think that 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 point about knowing what your when to engage in the right ways is so incredibly important um, with webs and the, you know, I can score. I can almost always score on a stick with web warriors basically whenever I want. What does that do to me next turn? 
you should always be asking yourself those questions. Um, and if you do that, you, you should find some success with them. So, yeah. And one, one other general tip, but I think is very true for web warriors, but is probably the most important thing for Marvel in general is every time you activate a character, look at the scoreboard and look what the scoring's doing. Cause I have, I, I've played a lot of games and I've done quite well, and I've still lost games where I could, or where I could have won that turn, but I just didn't stop to count because it was such a close game that I was just thinking about the next turn already without seeing my way to score out that turn. And I think keeping your eye on the score at all times is really important because there are turns where you can go all in, um, you can play all webbed up, and you can make all the bold aggressive moves if you can lock it in that turn but you do not want to do that to get to 15 points and then yep. <laughs> have your opponent and more than other games i've played this is true because of the crackback mechanic because if you daze your opponent's entire team and score 7 vp to get you to 15 you may have just lost yourself the game uh yes and i would i would argue that more often than not, that's probably that's potentially the case. So, you you certainly put yourself on the back foot to continue scoring um, in a lot of those ways. Um, all right, I know you said at the beginning that you are not a huge fan of the comics, um, but are there characters? Who's your most? If you had to pick someone, who do you want in the game? There's two, and I know we've okay. already got three of them, but come on, give us symbiote suit, Peter. We have three Peters in the same suit, <laughs> like, and we have two Venoms now. How do we not have black suit Peter? It's killing me. And then the other character, who I have no ties to, I have never read a comic, I have never seen anything with them in, but is the character I by far most want in the game, is Throg. <laughs> okay, I like that. He is just so cute i've got a 3d print of him already and he's just too adorable he's he's a frog with the power of thor he's just too cute not to have in the game and i really don't want him to be a two threat i would love it if he was a four threat and could throw like size threes or fours and it's just this tiny little model just make him our next uh kaiju menace he's an anti-kaiju because yes. he's just tiny but he has all of the hallmarks of uh a meta staple. Yeah, I've painted one up and I have him on a medium base as a as a better a bill proxy so he can go around throwing hulks. <laughs> I love that. Um well, I think that covers all the questions uh that I that we had for today. Anything you want to just leave us with about webs or MCP or anything in general? I would just say to anyone who has not gone out to tournaments, go out and play a tournament. They are way more fun than you think. It's the easiest way to get in a bunch of games in a day. I played my first Marvel tournament after five games of MCP. Uh, one of my friends had played two games before their first MCP tournament. You do not need to grind 20 games before you start playing tournaments. As long as you basically know how the rules work and have the measuring tools and dice and, like, the core box or 10 models go play a tournament they're the best way to play the game uh, i completely agree with that last year at adepticon uh there was um a gentleman whose kids played um and kid, i say kids but they were let's say 30 uh, in their 30s and so he was you know s s over 60s i don't want to age him um inappropriately but and he'd never played before and he just showed up and played at adepticon so if you, he can do it there 
you can go play at your local store and it's it's a blast it's a great way to learn the game and yeah one of my when i first started playing guild ball the the top ranked player in the uk he was ranked number one and his son who was i think 12 or 13 was the number two ranked player in the uk oh god which was just pretty (laughs) awesome and i've played against i've played against like sub 16 year olds in tournaments sometimes on their own and sometimes with their dad and they are having the best time so like regardless of what age you are and how experienced you are it's just such a fun experience to play in an event yep absolutely all right well with that uh, get out and play and that's been the danger room thanks again connor for uh, coming on and uh...